once you start seeing progress, what getting rid of debt, right? Debt is a chain. It's a ball and chain mm. for, for everybody. I think if you can get rid of debt and have a savings, if you're going to start with that, um, boy, a lot of weight's going to be lifted off your shoulders. Everything is possible. Just hustle. Just hustle. The Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, where we keep it real, a state of entrepreneurship wisdom. Learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. Here's your host, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire. Everything is possible. Just hustle. Just hustle. Everything is possible. Just hustle. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby, where you're going to learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're broke. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK, a.k.a. Billionaire. And wow, uh, I can't even focus right now. And, and as you know, when we and the reason why I bring that up is because uh, I just got off the interview with such an amazing mentor of mine. Um, and, and I'll get into more detail right now. That's why I'm kind of like, man. Um, but... You know, Million Dollar Hustle Podcast is a podcast where we bring millionaires to give you millionaire habits for you to think differently, for you to learn what are the stuff that these people are doing to change your life. And uh, if, if you're not ready to change your life, please do not hit play on this podcast. You already know, baby. Uh, otherwise, if you're ready to take your life to the next level, let's go. Million Dollar Hustle Podcast is for you. And uh, today, uh, before I get into this interview, uh, I just want to let you guys know that um, I am super grateful. Uh, again, the one-on-ones have sold out for the year, but we're already taking uh, some requests, some pre-signing for 2023. So if you're interested in the one-on-ones, uh, if you're ready to take your life to that next level, please hit me up at info at billythekid.com. And also the same thing, uh, I'm so hyped from this episode that um, right now we are full in the mastermind. Uh, I like to keep it small, the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind, but I'm going to open one more spot. Just I, I'm, I'm pumped right now. And uh, if you're interested in, in joining a group of people that are going to keep you accountable, that are going to make sure that you get things done that you promise yourself that you're going to do, that are going to push you. Uh, every day, guys, we have a text message going. Uh, every single day, we're in there asking each other, hey, you know, this or that. We meet every Friday. Uh, and the guys that I have in there, uh, we, we have some that have lost 20, 40 pounds. Uh, they have, their business have exploded. And, uh, you know, if it's about the money, guys, I can sit here and promise you right now that every single person in the mastermind has gotten more than what they've put in. Think of it kind of like that little coin, right? Like uh, the little operating vending machine. You put that coin in, they get four coins back. And and uh, here soon, I'm going to give you guys some, some, some I'm going to share with you guys some stories from the guys because uh, all the stuff that they're doing are amazing. And if you haven't yet, go check out Victor uh, Gonzan. He's from Chicago. He's actually part of my mastermind. We just released that episode. Uh, go check that one out. Uh, he'll lay it down and let you know exactly. And th this man, uh, if you were to see the success he has, 
I mean, you wouldn't think he would be part of a mastermind, but that's where you're wrong because self-education is very important. We touch on that and many more things on this episode. Uh, info at billythekid.com if you're interested. Um, also, uh, if you need any lending for real, for your next real estate transaction, please message me. Uh, we, we're doing hard money loans, so if you're interested in that in the Lincoln area, please message me. Um, but other than that, guys, uh, it's been such a great week. Uh, there, there's so many great things going in the li- in, in my life right now. So thank God, uh, everything is just, uh, I was going to say perfect, but there, you know, it, there's, there's no perfect, right? Like I, I work on myself every day. Like the other day I was beating myself. I, I didn't get to read my daily book that I read in the morning and, and it's stuff like that, that, uh, that keep you grounded. You have to stay grounded. Um, so nobody's perfect. Uh, matter of fact, I'm, I'm one of the biggest sinners that I know. And, uh, you, you have to be able to have that humbleness to know, because that is what gets you to be a better person. So, uh, with that being said, guys, today's episode and, uh, the book of the week that goes with today's episode is one shot, one life by Doug Fitzgerald. Grab a copy. Uh, please, if you're ready to change your life, go grab a copy because this book and and the the thing guys is it's easy read uh and it's just packed i mean back to back info uh I love the climax at the beginning of the story Doug from the beginning gets your attention and uh there's five principles that he's big on that he talks about and and we're gonna learn about those principles today on today's show um I'm super excited uh and again, grab a copy. That is the book of the week, One Shot, One Life by Doug. Such a powerful book. Uh, and just everything that he teaches is just amazing. So do yourself a favor and grab the book. Um, again, that is what we have on the podcast. I, I, I want to keep going. and But you know what? Enough of that. I'm just going to bring Doug in. So here is today's guest on the Million Dollar Hustle podcast is... None other, the man, the myth, the legend, Doug Fitzgerald, baby. Let's get it. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle podcast. Uh, I am grateful today for the person that I have joined, and it is Doug Fitzgerald. How you doing, Doug? Doing great, man. This is an honor and fun. All wrapped yes. up into one. <laughs> <laughs> can't go wrong and i had a coffee a little bit ago so i'm, I'm gonna be all <laughs> ready to run through a, through the drywall here <laughs> um i, I want to thank you doug for joining uh every conversation that we have it's always fantastic and uh literally right before we kind of started recording you said this should be easy because we have great oh. conversations and I, yeah. I truly feel the same way and uh, again, just thank you. You're a great mentor and, and, uh, everything that you do is just awesome. You're such a positive person and, uh, I'm sure people are going to feel the vibes through this video. So I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to dive in. Well, thank you for that. You know, I had you as a guest on my radio show, um, a couple of weeks ago and a buddy of mine said, how do you, how did you get introduced to Billy? So I went through that. I had to go back and rethink how we got introduced years ago. Um, through a project, right through our homes being sold, and and you working on the projects for the for the buyers of our home, and I'm like, he's like, my friend was like, how awesome is that that you crossed paths and now look at your relationship, and 
you know, you never know. I'm a person of faith, so I don't push that on people, but I believe that God crosses um, people with their, you know, their past, the right time for the right reason. And, and, um, and for us and for our relationship, I've just been totally blessed by it, Billy. So this is great. Thank you. Thank you. Same here, Doug. And you know, it's funny, uh, beyond, because definitely that's one thing that I admire because I feel the same way with faith, uh, without faith, I, I truly believe that, uh, you can't accomplish anything in life and sorry if you don't believe that, but look around your life if that's the case. Um, but the, the main, uh, point that you made there, Doug, uh, business-wise too, it's crazy, you know, cause I, me as being this uh, artist and uh, podcaster and an author myself and, and, uh, owning the construction company and then doing the real estate and everything else that comes with it. Uh, it, it's crazy. This is actually the perfect example of how branding yourself works because guess what? When I met you, it, it was to the construction company and who would have thought here we are years later and all the yep. awesome things that we've done together. So I think anybody listening out there, uh, don't overthink, uh, you know, oh, I need to act. Just be yourself. I, at yep. the end of the day, just be yourself. If you could maybe elaborate a little bit on that. Well, I always tell my kids, you know, relationships are vital. Like we're designed to live together. We're not designed to live separate or apart from people. And you never know within those interactions, the network that you're going to develop. And that network, we always tell our kids that network is going to allow you to bless other people down the road and give them opportunities and, and um, maybe things to serve and to provide and to guide other people. But it also will bless you in return. And we, I mean, my life is all about, you know, just the relationships and the, and the connections that I've had with people and where I'm at today. Um, I couldn't be here without the relationships that I've had, without mm. the people in my lives that have given me advice, encouragement, opportunities, um, blessings along the way. That's what my book's about. It's what I do now. It's in my, my, uh, my son, my, my old, my oldest, he, um, 25, got his first job at a great local bank here. That all came through connections and relationships that we had. Same thing for our daughter. She owns her own business now. She's a hairstylist. She rents her own uh, booth, but she got started based upon relationships that we had along the way. And so I always tell people, and this is one of the things that I've really incorporated into my keynotes when I work with people that I think really is kind of a foundation tool, um, if you think about it. And Billy, we've talked about this as well, is answering this question. It's a two-part question. How do you want to be remembered? right? That's the first part of the question. That simply means at the end of your life, because our life's short, man, I was going through some memories today. I'm going to do a video here in just a little bit, a two or three minute video for a friend of mine who uh, has retired from a certain aspect of his life and they're doing a celebration for him. So I started going back through this morning, all the memories that I've had with this guy and um, how vital that that's been. But I realized how short life is. I met him I met him, what, 33, 32 years ago. And I'm like going, where did the time go? And so it's, I think it's vital. I think, you know, there's a great proverb that says it's better to, to mourn with those who mourn than to rejoice with those who are rejoicing because mourning means that you contemplate life. It's a serious moment. It's always great to celebrate and have fun. That's great. But it's really more important to really contemplate life. And so how do you want to be remembered? helps you think about how do you want to end your life? 
you know, I always tell people and when I work people one-on-one in groups, I'm getting ready to work with a company next week and we're going to go through my seminar. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to have them write their own eulogies. Might sound morbid, but here's the reality of it. If you don't think about how you want to end your life, then you don't know what to do in the process of your life. A lot of people just let life happen rather than intentionally design the life that they want to live. I want to design my life at the end when I'm gone, that I have made a direct impact in specific areas. That's my, that's what I want to do. And that's what I want to encourage other people to do. And I would encourage your listeners, man, write your own eulogy and look at all aspects of your life. How do you want to be remembered with your relationships and with the way you handled your finances and the way you lived out your career and your business, um, the way that you interacted with people, how you lived out with your health, uh, and, um, and your hopes and dreams, you know, how did you, how did you end your life with that? So I would encourage you to write your own eulogy, um, to think about how you want to end, but that's not the, that's not the end of the question, right? The, 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 the two part question is this, how do you want to be remembered after every interaction? How do you want to be remembered after every interaction? Here's the reason why after every interaction will guide and determine how you finish your life. Mm. So I want people to say, after every time I come into contact with my spouse, how do I want to be remembered? Did I leave them well or did I not? Did I encourage them or not? After every interaction with my kids, with my neighbors, with the clerk at the grocery store or the gas station, my coworkers, my employees, everybody you come in contact with every day, how do you want to be remembered? Because how you treat those people in the, in the process of your life will determine your eulogy at the end mm. of your life, how you want to be remembered. So I always encourage people to think about that. Think about those moments. And then I create personally, I'm, I'm a person that, that I forget things really easily. I look back over all these things that I looked at earlier this morning with this buddy of mine. I forgot all the interactions that we had. So I, I'm a forgetful person. So I needed to create something to guide me along the way every day. And so I created this acronym live L I V E. And it, it is my compass of how I want to leave people. My goal is that after every time I'm interacting either with you, Billy, or with my spouse, or with my kids, maybe it's a difficult conversation, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's where I'm having some friction with somebody, or we have to work something out. I still want to leave them well, right? Um, just because you may not get along with somebody, just because you might have a bump in the road with somebody or, or a disagreement, or you're trying to work out something very hard, still, you still need, I believe you still need to, to leave that conversation well and how, and think about how you want to be remembered. So I have this acronym live L I V E, and it stands for this. Either I want, I want people to experience it one, if not all of these things after every time I interact with them, I want them to either feel loved, inspired in some way. Let them know that they're valued in life, that they have a purpose and meaning. And the final one is that, that I want them to be engaged. I want to encourage them to do something, to act. That's what I'm called to do. So I want them to feel loved, inspired, valued, or engaged. And that's just, that's just you know, imprinted within my brain. It's a part of, my, of who I am. When I get done here, Billy, when we get done, I will ask myself, how did I leave Billy? How did I leave his, his listeners? Did I help them live or not? And I encourage people to do that. It might be a personal motto. It might be your, your moral compass. People have different names for all that. 
but I would just highly recommend that, you know, take some time and really think about how do you want to leave every conversation? Some people just want to be known as loyal. You know, I work with a lot of clients across the country. Some want to be known as loyal. Um, some want to be known as trustworthy. Some want to be known as that they always, um, they always fulfill the, the promises that they make, or they live up to the words that they, that they, that they put out. Um, some want to just simply love other people. I don't know what that is for you. Um, but the only way you can find that is you have to spend time alone. I, um, I don't have my sheet of paper here. I've got it in my other room. And uh, I was at a conference one time. You know, you spend a lot of, I believe in personal development, right? You know, investing in yourself is vital. A lot of people don't do that. Most people don't do that. But investing in yourself will provide more dividends and more wealth in your life than if you're investing money or finances. I truly believe that. And I believe investing in yourself will create more wealth, <laughs> no matter what area of your life you're looking at. So um, I was at a conference, you know, spent a lot of money, traveled there, all this, you know, and, and it was a, I think it was a three-day conference if I remember right. And learning all this stuff about, you know, my business, marketing, development, my book, uh, how I want to engage and develop my message, all this stuff. But I took away one thing from that conference that was probably the most valuable thing that I learned. And it was a quote. And the funny thing is, is after I got done that, with that session, I went up to the guy who was speaking. And I said, man, I love that quote. Um, thank you for sharing that. He goes, literally, I didn't even plan on sharing that. I just threw it in. Hmm. That was the most valuable thing that I got out of this conference that I've spent thousands of dollars to go to. And here's the quote. It's by Pascal. He lived in the 1600s. Blaise Pascal. Um, and he was a theologian, uh, um, uh, mathematician, inventor, a very smart guy, but back in the 1600s. So I want you to give, get this image of this guy, right? I mean, he's probably rides horses and, you know, to and from, <laughs> he's probably cutting firewood for his, you know, light and warmth and, and, uh, trying to feed his family and all this stuff. But he said, he said this, all men's miseries derive from not being able to spend time alone. Mm. All men's misery, miseries derive from not being able to spend time alone. And here's what that means. In order to really live an intentional life, a life that where you want to make a difference, where you have a eulogy that matters, that you live up to, and where you leave every interaction well, as well as you can, you have to predetermine that. You have to think about that. You have to plan that in your life. Um, the only way that that happens is you got to get alone. You got to spend time with yourself and, and contemplate these things. Think about them. Um, it's Doug, the hardest. I want to, I want to say that I've been to your room and, uh, like, I didn't want to leave the room. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, I, you, you know, you, you have that the energy is felt there and it's crazy because, uh, my understanding is when you started to follow through with this, it was a very small closet, right? Yeah. So I, so what Billy's referring to is I've got a, a room and what's funny thing is Billy, this morning I was thinking about, you know, I call it the war room um, because where I pray or where I contemplate where I, and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know as much if it's a war room, if it's the gain that I talk about in my, in other words, it reminds me of the life that I'm live that I've lived and the impact I've made and the life that I, want to live and the impact I want to make. So in that room, it's just a small room. It's a storage room. I have all kinds of mementos from my life, things that are really important to me. Um, 
And then I have a whiteboard in there. I have a chair where I think and I pray and I read and I study. And that whiteboard is wherever I have a thought that I think is valuable. I just write it down. And it's in those moments, those quiet times alone, where um, I really gain the most as far as how I want to live, how I want to, to, to impact other people's lives, but also how I've been impacted and how people have impacted my life and um, all the blessings that I've had before. So yeah, it's uh, I, I'm the same way, man. I go in that room and I just, I don't, I don't know. There's something there to that. And, and then, it's crazy, Doug, because uh, one thing I definitely noticed as soon as I walked in was you had a lot of books. You're, you're surrounded yeah. by many books in there. And uh, there's this uh, saying where, uh, and, and it's funny because I do the same as far, you know, as far as like the meditation goes, whenever I meditate in the morning, I surround myself with books. And uh, because they say that literally when you, you know, if, if it's a book from 1990 that uh, has all these great vibes and this great advice, it's like, you're meditating with these people. Oh, uh, oh yeah. And, and that's it, good. It, that's it, great. And it's kind of, that's kind of what it reminded me of when I saw your room. And I, I guess I've been meaning to tell you that. So okay, huh. I'm glad I, I love that. that. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to think differently now. When I look at my wall, of the books, like each person that wrote that book, you you're know, you're a fellow, you're a fellow author. You pour mm -hmm. your life into that message. It's like birthing a teenager. It's, it's like, <laughs> I tell you what, it's your baby and you love it. But man, sometimes it talks back and it kicks and screams and yells at you. And then the other times, you know, it's cuddling with you and it's like, Hey, but writing a book is very, um, intimate, very emotional, very, um, you're pouring your life out into those words, man. I've never thought about that. Man, every time I go in there now, each knowing each person did that for that book and that message. I love that. Yeah, I'm yeah. surrounded by just a, it's called surrounded by a cloud of witnesses is what Jesus said. Yeah, seriously. Said. No, and, and, and it's my, you know, you, you teach that a lot. And uh, it makes me think also, Doug, of just when, when you're in the shower, right? Like, and that's oh. for most people without even realizing that uh, they're by themselves. And that's where you do think. So imagine... Yep doing it like you, Doug, where you actually go in there with purpose to actually get an answer for a prayer, for any questions that you, anything that you might be going through. So that, that's very yep. powerful. Uh, that, that's definitely uh, very powerful. And I know uh, you mentioned the, the whole eulogy and, and it makes me think I, I like to kind of reiterate. And those of you listening, make sure you guys check out the podcast, the One, Li uh, one Shot, One Life podcast, because uh, I was just on there and, and it was very powerful. Uh, the energies were felt. And one of the things that uh, I talked about it on, it was, uh, you know, at your funeral, do you want people to sit there and say, wow, he or she had so much potential mm. or do you want them to sit there and give out the potential that you actually showed? And, and that, I, I believe that's what you were going for with, with all the great uh, wisdom that you just shared with us, Doug. And, um, also one of the things I shared at your show in your show was that, uh, you know, that, that they say that hell is when you meet the person you could have been. And mm. I, I, that's very powerful. If you live by that, it's like, let's be the person that you can be now. And, yes. uh, with that being said, Doug, uh, if you could talk a little bit about your book, because it's a, it's an amazing book and you have branded, not just a book, but you, I mean, look at the background. You, you have a whole show and you're, you're on the radio because of it. So it's amazing. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of blessings that came from that book that, uh, 
So would you say that uh, the hard work and and the talking back and and all that (laughs) that you went through writing this book, has it paid off? Because you've touched many people. Oh, yeah, it's um, it has. It's, uh, you know, just to wrap up with Blaze, you know, if I could meet him, you know, you think about what did he have to distract him? You know, horses, firewood, all that. And what do we have to distract us? We're mm-hmm. constantly distracted. And like you said, you made a great reference. And you know, one of some of the best ideas I get are in the showers because I it's the only place where I'm totally alone. Um, you know, but going back to my book, um, the book is just simply a blessing of all the people that have really poured into my life. I was challenged. I, I spent a lot of money to hire a business coach years ago. And her name was Joy. And uh, the reason why I did that is because I wanted to take advantage of every moment that I had, again, investing in, in yourself. And so she just, you know, she started looking at my life and said, all right, what have you been naturally teaching people all your life, which is to encourage them to live their full potential, just like what you said. We don't want to leave that in the, in the graveyard. We don't want to live out our potential in life now and take advantage of every day. And so she's like, hey, you push people to, to, to the limit. Sometimes my best, one of my best friends says, you push people off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And what that means is if they've got a hope and a dream and they're scared to take it, I want to encourage them to take it. And if I need to, I'll give them a little nudge. Just kind of what you do, right? You do this with all your clients and the people you work with and in your podcast. And, and so, yeah, the book has been a blessing. The book is simply the principles that I've learned over the years from many great people of how do I live my life? Well, we call it the power, um, you know, the ultimate success formula um, and, and the ultimate success formula is five powerful principles to help you stop worrying and start winning. The first thing I did in the book uh, before we even wrote it was I asked 90, I think 92 of my good friends and colleagues, this one question, what do you worry about that keeps you up at night? And that was the impetus then what we did designed for the book. And I got nearly all responses back, heartfelt, transparent, and every person um, just really poured their heart into this. So we took that information, we compiled it, and we found the six top areas where people worry. It's areas of money, the areas of people, relationships. The areas of faith, uh, the area of work and career, uh, the area of health. And then the final one, well, the final one was actually sex, believe it or not. <laughs> but <laughs> but we obviously that's part of relationships. Um, you got to have, you know, when you're married, spouse, you know, in that context, you got to have good sex. All right. But um, the, the, the final area is hopes and dreams. Feeling People feeling like they're missing out on life. So, um, if that's the case, then um, what I did was I've been teaching this for decades before I wrote the book is the principles that have helped me be successful, the p- principles I've helped other people be successful. And what we learned is this. If you're worrying about something, it's usually because a majority of the time you're not taking action on something you need to do. That's it. Mm. And the other part of the worry, there's worry that you have control of and there's worry you don't, right? The worry you have control of, which is a majority of your worry, means you need to take action to get something done. The worry you don't have control over, you know, you've got to learn how to process that, pray about it, um, interact with other people to get encouragement. I can't control what my kids do, right? I can't control their actions. They're young adults now. I still worry about them in certain areas. I've got to learn how to share that with my wife and pray about those things and, 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 and encourage my kids the best that I can. 
But man, if I'm Billy, if I, if I'm getting my third notice for my electric bill, that's not getting paid. And they're going to tell me they're going to shut it off in 30 days. And I'm worrying about that. Guess what? I need to pay the darn electric bill. Right? So that's something I have control over. So what we teach in the book is these five powerful principles. We call it the ultimate success formula to help you stop worrying and start winning. Number one, first principle we teach is um, set clear priorities, right? You got to understand in each area of your life, money, people, faith, work, health, hopes, and dreams. Um, what are the top priorities that you need to pursue that you need to get after? And I can get into this, but I don't, I don't want to, you know, belabor this. You can grab the book, but in each area of your life, you need to look at what do I need to get done? What should I get done? And what do I want to get done? Needs, shoulds, and wants. Needs are things that are vital. You have to get them done. If you don't get them done, it's going to negatively impact your life or the lives of those around you. Shoulds are things that you keep telling yourself. I really should do this, right? So you have a baby girl, um, you bring her home, you go, I really should save for college education if I want to send her to school one day. Yeah, I really should do that. And then she gets to be in grade school and I really should save for college education. Next thing you know, she's graduating from high school and you didn't do it. All of a sudden that should turns into a need. How am I going to help her get through college financially, right? We want to take the needs and identify those and work towards those. Look at your shoulds. What are the things that if you don't take care of now will turn into needs? But then the final one is where I think people have the hardest time pursuing, and that's your wants. There's nothing wrong with pursuing your wants. As a matter of fact, you're designed to live out your wants. You're designed to do that. Um, I heard a song, great song. I can't remember the artist called daydream. It just came out. Um, really talking about live the daydream. Don't die without living it. And, um, kind of the same reference you made is like, you know, hell is like knowing you that you didn't live out the potential that you were given. And we want people to pursue those things. If it's not scary, if you've got something in your life that's really scary that you think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. That's probably the exact thing you should probably be pursuing, right? And if it's not, it's probably something you just kind of throw around as an idea. I don't know. We tell people to write down every thought and idea they have in each of these areas. Never get rid of them. Never get rid of them because you just don't know. And a but, couple of things there, Doug. Uh, you, so the, the whole, because I have a chapter in my book uh, where it talks about fear, right? And Fear is the sign, and actually it's psychology that suggests that whatever you're fearing is the thing that you need to do next. Uh, yes. So I love that that you have that on there. And I actually also quoted you in my book, Doug. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I mean, if you could, I'll let you share it because that that line that you have about the should, uh, and if you don't know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about, I could share it. But I, I quoted it in my book, guys. So if, if, uh, if you read my book, it's in there. And uh, if you could share a little bit about uh, the shoulds, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the things that you know you you should do. I always tell people, don't should on yourself. You know, don't. And love it. And yeah, but it's it, it's so true. You know, um, because it turns into you know, if you don't do it, it turns into crap in your life. <laughs> I'm, I'm not one to throw out the throw out the four letter words, but that's what it does. And so, you know, don't should on yourself. Like, why are we doing that? You know, I, and when people always said, man, I should have done that. Well, why didn't you? I mean, you knew, you probably knew about it before, you know, and a lot of times that happens in relationships. I just had a buddy of mine come over to my house a couple of days ago who was really struggling with a relationship and a situation that happened in his life. And we were talking about that and dissecting it a little bit. And I said, did you see this coming beforehand? 
He goes, yeah, I knew I should have done something. I know. Don't, don't shit on yourself, man. Okay. So identify those triggers, those red flags. When you know you should get something done, just do it. And it's sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. It takes courage to have a difficult conversation. It takes courage to pursue a dream that you don't think or know that you can achieve. It takes courage to take care of your health. If the doctor says, you know what, if you don't take care of your health now, you're probably going to die in five years, 10 years. Um, it takes courage to, to um, start managing your finances well. So it's a, not a burden in your life. It's a blessing. You know, those things take courage. And so you look for flags, right? Red flags. Whenever you say something, man, I really should do that. That should be a red flag. Oh, all right. That's something I probably need to write down, think about, and do I need to really take care of this right now? So those are the areas of shoulds. And I just think it's really important. And, and, um, the other thing regarding priorities, the last thing I'll share with you is, you know, a lot of people like, like to set goals or new year. I think goals are like new year's resolutions. They're like, they can come and go. And, you know, most new year's resolutions, people set, first of all, that most of the time they never achieve them. Second of all, they're usually gone within 10 to 14 days. You know, people have this great idea. I want to lose 10 pounds, or I want to get my finances under control. I really want to build up my relationship with my wife. And then within, you know, a week or 10 days that the whole thought process is gone. And, um, you know, goals, you know, to me, goals are kind of like that. People kind of just throw them out there. I like to use the word priority, nothing wrong with the word goal, but priority. If you look at the definition of priority in the dictionary, um, priority is something that you need to take care of. And if you don't, it's never negatively going to impact your life. That's kind of my rough definition of it. Um, so look it up. A priority is something you must do. And so when I work with people, I, I talk about what are the things you got to do? Like, let's not talk about, you know, um, things that you hope, or maybe it might happen someday, but what do you need to do? What do you need to do in the area of your dreams? What do you need to do in the area of your relationships and so forth? So, um, that's, so that's the first principle. Second one's very simple. Once you identify a clear priority, you need to find a proven plan to pursue it. Right. So if you want to lose weight, you got to find a plan to do that. And I always tell people, get, this is the key to this whole second principle. It's got to be a proven plan, not just a plan that you don't know if it works or not, not just a plan that somebody's touting to make some extra money to sell you, but is it a proven plan? Is it a plan that, you know, has worked in somebody else's life or has worked in your life in the past? And if you don't know, pursue it, find out, you know, is this, if, if I'm going to go to a financial advisor or follow a financial plan, um, start finding out people who have actually gone through that, you know, plan or worked with that advisor. Have they had good results? Man, don't, I, the reason why I tell people that is most people waste a lot of time and money and get discouraged because they follow plans that aren't proven. You know, and I love you know? that Doug, because especially nowadays with the internet, I mean, there's a guru every day, like they, <laughs> you're scrolling through social media and there's this guru, right. With the Lambo and, uh, that they rented. And, and, you know, uh, I, I love that you say that because, uh, there is a lot of people that unfortunately fall for that. And, uh, it, one of my favorite quotes too, Doug, that you have is, uh, you know, you're not reinventing the wheel, all these, uh, and that's what I love about your program is that you're not reinventing the wheel. You're literally giving out the game that got you to where you're at right. that, and, and many others and, and, and it's proven. So I love that you're, that, that you're going in that route because it's yeah. very important nowadays in social media. Well, that's, that's important to me. It's integrity. Um, it drives me crazy when I see people um, trying to sell a product that 
later on you find out, and then this has happened many times, they don't even use themselves. Mm. What a bunch of crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just, that's why this is just, it, it's my, it's my, it's my plan. I I've taught this to thousands and thousands of people. I know it works. Um, I've given up, I've worked to, uh, tr and tried to pursue other people to say, all right, how do we market this? And then there's some ways that they, I just don't like the way that they market it. And so I just stay away from it because I want to make sure that we're marketing in a truthful, honest, transparent way that people know that this is a real deal. It's not something that just, you know, I thought up out of the blue to make some money, which is what a lot of people do, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so we want people to identify a proven plan to achieve their priority. Our third principle is mastering persistence, right? So once you have a identified a priority, you found a proven plan, the hardest thing for most people to do is carry out the plan. That's just the truth. It's the hardest thing to yeah, do. Seriously. It is. And so my last two how, principles that and, I'll and talk no, about wait, later. With, with persistence, ahead. how does one, uh, because I feel like that's, that is one of the biggest issues that people have uh, and consistency, right? Uh, how, what are some pointers that you could give out to the listeners uh, that can help with staying persistent and consistent because I, I have this theory where it's like, uh, you know, somebody working at McDonald's uh, when they're 18 years old, and then we'll say there's somebody that's just making money with drugs, for example. And, and I know it's probably very extreme, but uh, <laughs> they're both the same age. By the time they're 25, the guy that's working at McDonald's and the drug dealer, I mean, maybe at that time, you know, he had a better car or, you know, whatever materialistic things, but guess what? He might be in prison by now at 25 as to the other guy working at McDonald's. He's probably a manager now making a bigger salary. So, and it all came from consistency, right? Persistence. Right. Uh, it, he, he didn't have this big old career. So if you could give some pointers on that. Yeah. Mastering persistence is important. You got to set that priority. Now you, you, the, the idea or the example you said of the, the guy working at McDonald's, right? So he works at McDonald's. He gets, a, he gets that entry job. So are you just going to work the job or are you going to say, all right, can this opportunity propel me to my next level in life? If you want to mm -hmm. continue to work at McDonald's, where do you want to be in McDonald's? What yeah. level do you want to be at? Do you want to be owning one one day? Do you want to own a franchise? All right, great. Set that as a priority. All right. So now what do we talk about persistence? We set that priority and we identify a proven plan to get there. All right. How do you do that? Let's talk to some franchisees that have actually mm. done this, right? They're right there. You work for them. Hey, set a meeting with them. Talk to them. How do I get to this level? What are some steps that I need to take? You find that proven plan to get there and then you set dates. I think it's important to set dates of what do you want to achieve by when? Are you always going to achieve them? No, that's okay. But you're that means you're pursuing them. And then you've got to evaluate. The last two principles that I'll talk about in a little bit are, are ways to help you master that persistence level. But you got to set dates that you're going to um, try to achieve certain things by. Um, you need to share this with people for accountability's sake. That's probably the last principle I talk about. It's probably the most important principle in my book. Um, you have to have accountability, somebody that's walking alongside you, that knows what your dreams are, and that is going to hold you accountable to getting them done. And then you have to put in the work. You've got to put in the daily, the daily grind to get to where you want to go. Doesn't matter if you're wanting to own a McDonald's franchise, or if you want to have the best relationship possible with your kids, or if you want to, um, have, you know, be a millionaire within, uh, 
you know, five, seven, 10, 15 year period, you gotta, you gotta put in the work. You got to do those daily things that will get you to that point based upon your proven plan. And then you gauge your progress along the way. Evaluations are one of the other principles that I talk about um, as well that we'll talk about here in just a little bit um, that will help you realize, am I making progress or am I not? You've got to evaluate yourself. If you're making progress, great. How do you enhance that? If you're not, what do you need to change, right? So those are some areas that will help you be persistent in the process. I'll leave you um, with this story, um, right? I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, back there in that frame on my um, bookshelf over there is a receipt. Years ago, when we were starting out the, the initial business that really propelled us to where we are today, we were in the process. I was a pastor for 13 years, and we were building this business on the side, and it really was starting to take off. And we were trying to decide, do I retire from full-time ministry and start pursuing this full-time? Because it wasn't a full-time income yet, but it was pretty close. Or do we just kind of let it play out and see? We went to uh, Las Vegas where this uh, startup company, where we were having this kind of initial meeting. And um, we went through the weekend, had a great meeting, and got gifted by um, the CEO and the CFO of the company, a uh, great suite at the top of the Wynn Hotel. This is back when the Wynn was brand new. I mean, it was awesome. Wow. Glass everywhere. We could see out over the strip. And we were like, of course, we were two little kids. We'd never experienced anything like that at that level before. We got there. We decided to have dinner that night. It was our anniversary. And we went to um, this Italian restaurant at the base of the Wynn Hotel. And this guy from China, he's probably in his seventies was waiting on us. And we were telling him he's, there was, and by the way, there was nobody in this restaurant. We're in Vegas. It's packed. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There was us and another couple in this restaurant, which is normally this packed anyway. So we got to get to knowing this guy, super guy. He's just talking to Tammy and I, he's understands our whole story, right? He knows that we're really trying to contemplate. Do we go full-time into this business or do we not? And he, so on this receipt, he, he wrote in Chinese, his name, his name was Luke, wrote his name, name in Chinese. And then underneath it, he wrote this Chinese symbol. Later on, I, I did some research. I found out it's called the Ren symbol, R-E-N. And anyway, it represents a knife over a heart. And then underneath that, he wrote the word endurance. And he said, Doug, Tammy, he said, um, anytime you go to pursue something that's of value in your life, that's really important to you. Um, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have great days and you're going to have difficult days. But he said, if you can make it through those difficult times, you're going to have success. If you can endure through the process of the pain, you're going to have success. But he said, there's going to be times like the Ren symbol says, where you're going to feel like you're getting stabbed in the heart that just, it just, you're going to want to quit. Mm. You want to give it up. But so the reality is if you endure through that, you're going to have success. And then he goes, I believe you're going to be successful in what you do. We believe he was wow. sent there as an angel, seriously, like, cause there was nobody in that restaurant. There was one other couple, there was us. And this guy comes over and gives us some of the most powerful advice I'd ever received. I got it in my book. And, um, um, that made a huge difference. So it goes back to this whole idea of the principle, the third principle of mastering persistence. It's so vital that you push through the process. You know, you, we've, I think we've probably, most of us have seen this picture of two guys in a mine, you know, they're chipping away and there's diamonds, I think on the other end. Yeah. And one guy gives up right before he breaks through the wall to the diamonds. And the other one is doing, getting ready to do his last chip. And he's going to break that wall. 
most people quit before they see success. That's nothing new. And by the way, little side note here. There's nothing new under the sun. So I'm not teaching anything that's new. I, these, are, these principles are thousands of years old. Um, they're proven. So anytime somebody says there's, some, oh, I got this new idea for success. That's nah, not new. It's all, it's all, it's just packaged differently, right? It's packaged in a way that makes sense to me and maybe the people that are around me. I had a good friend of mine, Warren, Dr. Warren Wiersbe, probably one of the most prolific Christian authors of his time. He wrote 178 books. And he's like, Doug, keep writing, keep communicating, because it says the reason why is because people need to hear the same message over and over in fresh new ways but it's always the same message. So the message with persistence is don't give up. Don't give up too soon. And when you feel like you're probably in the right place, if you're working on something really hard, you're making a little bit of progress, but you're not making that big breakthrough yet. You're probably on the right path. Mm. Um, you know, but, but, but the way to know if you're on the right path is kind of my fourth principle, um, which is understanding the benefits of regular evaluation. So once you got your priority, you set a, you know, you, you, you find a proven plan, you start mastering persistence to carry out that plan. These last two principles, listen close. These last two principles are vital. I call them the multipliers. If I'd have known these principles earlier in life, I'd have had far greater success, far faster. All right. That's why these two are probably the most important things that you can take away from, from this. Again, this fourth one is understanding the benefits of regular evaluation. So, and this goes back to mastering persistence. How do you know if you're on the right track? How do you know if you're making progress for the priority you're trying to achieve? You have to regularly evaluate it. You have to step back at least once a quarter, at least once a quarter. I'd like to do every month. You should be evaluating every day. Am I making progress in this area? Am I making progress to lose weight? If you keep getting on the scale and it's three months later, and you're still the same weight, or you've gained weight, well, something ain't right, right? You need to evaluate. And, and, and the reality is, if you don't see any kind of progress, you're going to give up. So evaluation does a couple of things. It helps you see, are you on track? Or are you off track? And if you're not on track, if you're not making the progress you want, but you're seeing a little bit of progress, then you need to ask yourself, what do I need to do to enhance this? Or is there something I need to change, right? Do I need to to change my approach? Do I need to look at my plan? Do I need to um, uh, maybe enhance the way that I'm, a lot of people just aren't pursuing it like they should, right? They're shitting mm -hmm. on themselves. I sure really should have followed through <laughs> on that plan, right? So that gives you a chance to evaluate and make some changes. Maybe you're making great success. Great. You got to evaluate that. A lot of times people get caught up in their own success. They have great success. They um, pay off their debt financially, they're on their way to success, but then they forget about the principles and stop doing the principles that actually got them there, the steps that actually got them there. And they find themselves back in debt again. Mm. All right. So you need to evaluate your success as well. And how do you enhance that? If you're having success with your finances and you've paid off your debt, what's your next step? Where do you need to go next? Don't just give up. Most people in weight loss journeys, they say, I want to lose 20 pounds. They lose 20 pounds. And then they just quit. They're done. They're like, Hey, I achieved my success. And then <laughs> six months later, they weigh more than they did when they started their diet mm. it's because they didn't regularly evaluate their health plan. It should never give up on that. You know, wow. if it's important, it's part of your life. It needs to be a habit. And so 
regular evaluation is key to mastering persistence in your process, your, you know, your, the progress you're making or not. And so, Doug, I, I, so since we're kind of in the, all the subjects here, uh, it, it's so crazy, even let's say with uh, exercising, uh, you know, if, if I, again, it goes back to that idea, right? Like you put somebody 10 years, they're going to do one mile. And then you put somebody that starts their journey, but they want to go hard. And, you know, they're, they're in the gym for four hours, you know, every day. And, you know, they want to bulk up and at the end, you have this guy just running that mile every day, right? For 10 years. Well, the other guy, if so, the point that I, the question yes. that I want to ask you, Doug, is uh, what are some actions? Because uh, in my mastermind, I hear this a lot and, and shout out to the guys they are going to thank me for asking you this question is uh, the patience uh, and, and not just in, in the mastermind, but there's, I hear this a lot, uh, you know, people message me and what, how can, how can you kind of turn it around? Because people want it now, right? Like they, they start this business and then they want to be a millionaire, you know, overnight or, but, but they, they forget that there's patience, uh, the 10,000 hours that you have to put in, right. In order for you to become, uh, that, that, uh, expert in that field. So how can one fight that patience and enjoy the journey? Because I, I think it's important too, that, uh, it, the you know I, I was listening to this podcast earlier where it's like you climb this mountain and you get there and then you realize there's a higher mountain and a higher one each time so if you could kind of elaborate a little bit on how does one uh get that patience uh molded down so that way they can enjoy the journey well that's a great question <laughs> it's just a it's such a hard question. There's so many different aspects to it. I'll share with you this. Um, one of the things that really made a huge impact in my life years ago, I wish I'd have known it a lot earlier in my life, a guy named Dan Sullivan. I learned it from him and it's called the, the, the power of the gap and the gain. You can go on YouTube and, and just search Dan Sullivan gap and gain. Um, and I think it's at least for me, Billy, I don't know about you or anybody else, but um, I think a lot of times we start pursuing this whole idea is this you set this ideal, right? This dream that you have and you start pursuing it. The reality is you're never going to get fully to that dream. That's just the truth, but you have a starting point and you have this ideal. And, um, so you set these priorities, right? Dan says you set these goals to get there. Right. And so, um, you set this first priority and achieve it. Well, if you're like me, you know, once you achieve something, what do you do? You set the next one right? And you, you achieve that, you know, I'm an A-type personality. So I like to achieve the next one. Um, but I would always walk around. I had great success in my life, even at the height of some real big business success way before I wrote the book, I would walk around the house and I'd say what to, to my wife, Tammy, I would always say, what am I doing with my life? I'm such a failure. And she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> People would love to be where you're at. And what Dan found out was he's worked with thousands of successful entrepreneurs. And he said a large majority of those 90 some percent had the same reactions to their success. They felt like failures. They weren't making a difference. They didn't have an impact. Their life really didn't have a lot of meaning. They just felt this sense of, of failure and discontent. And everybody I talk to, I do keynotes and work with people. They're like, oh my goodness, I felt like that. Yes, yes, yes. And Dan realized that Every time you set a goal and you achieve it and you have this ideal up here, 
um, you work towards that next goal to get there. He said, that's the gap. He said, you're never, ever going to get there, but you're, you're trying to pursue it. And that gets discouraging, right? Cause you're wanting to be here now. You talk about this patience. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And he said, there were very few people he worked with that felt, and by the way, the other thing that he said was this, which I thought was interesting because it's true. He said, all these entrepreneurs that were highly successful, they didn't feel like they were a success, but all the people around them saw them as extremely successful, making mm-hmm. a huge difference, deserving what they had achieved, right? Like my wife. But he said, there were these very few that were very content with their success. And so he, he spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was it? Why did, why the difference of them feeling content and um, satisfied with their life and enjoying the process or enjoying the journey? And he says this, the difference was the goals and the ideal, right? These people, there's a gap there. You're never going to get there. He said, every time that these people would set a goal or a priority and they'd achieve it, they would stop. They would turn around and they would look at where they came from. They would remember the initial ideal that they set. They would see the progress that they had made. They would take into account the impact in people's lives that they had made, and they would celebrate that moment, no matter how big or small. I mean, it can be a celebration of when I work on my radio show, it's highly emotional for me. It's highly intense. I spent probably four or five hours per show prepping for it. And it takes me some time. And I I have my process and my routine that I go through. It's about a four-part process. When I get done with part one, I take a break and I stop and I just clear the air with my head. But then I think about the person that's going to be on, the guests that I'm going to have in their life and how valuable it is. And I think of our listeners and that who are, you know, who are going to be impacted by this person. And that reminds me of why I'm doing what I'm doing, right? It draws me back to why I got started in the first place, which allows me some great joy. That room that you talked about that I have. I have mementos all through my life in that room. It reminds me of the gain that I've made, the impact that I've had, the people's lives who have, I've influenced and who's influenced me, the goals that I've achieved or the priorities that I've achieved, the dreams that I've achieved. And it gives me a sense of gain, a sense of satisfaction, a sense of contentment with my life. And so he talks about the gap is always going to be there, but in order to really enjoy the journey, to be able to have persistence along the way, which takes a lot of work, you need to stop and you need to enjoy those moments. For some people, it's celebrate. It's literally celebrating. I had a lady go, I was working with um, uh, some Miss USA contestants from the Midwest a couple of months ago. And we were talking about this process, which was really interesting. Get this. So one of the Miss uh, USA contestants who had won her state, highly successful, highly successful in her career. I was talking about this gap. And she goes, Doug, in the middle of all of it, she goes, Doug, I experienced that. She said, when I won the crown, I was super excited. I would, I mean, that moment was unlike anything else in my life, but she said almost immediately after that, she was like, I started asking myself, is this it? Is this all there is? Wow. And every, all the other contestants, every one of them said, I felt that way too. Right. It's understanding that you've got to tie for them. What I helped them understand was they have this, they have this opportunity to impact people's lives, right? This level of influence, what's their message going to be to impact people's lives? Cause it's not about them, even though they're the ones that get to wear the crown, the satisfaction for them is going to come from when they're able to look back and say, I helped 
enhance or change people's lives along the way because I was given a platform and I, I have a message now and that message can help encourage people, help you know, serve people in some way so that when they step down from that crown, which they do at the end of this year, they'll have to step down from the crown that they're wearing and, and they'll have to transfer it to another gal and that they don't look back and feel discontent about it. They can look back and go, I made a difference with the time that I was given. Wow. Right. We always talk about the priorities that you set in my book have to be a revolved around relationships and people. If you set a priority that's not tied directly to, to somebody or somebody's, you're going to get, you're going to achieve that priority and you're going to feel very empty at the end. Wow. You know, Doug, that, that is so crazy because, uh, I got chills by the way, uh, because it, it's something that I do with my guys here with the mastermind, for example, one of the things they have to do is post a video every other day. And now is it, yeah, are you promoting your business? Of course, right. Social media, but the the main point is to impact people. And, yes. and I explain that to them over and over. It's like, uh, because I've gotten messages from people saying, Hey, this song saved my life. I, I was about to hurt myself. Uh, yep. Hey, that post that you did, uh, you know, this, I needed to hear that. And, and the guys have experienced that uh, uh, at this point. And, and so I, I love that because it's like a staple, like, Hey, that's what it's all about. And yep. um, you also mentioned uh, j- just the whole happiness thing, because it, it I, I couldn't sit here, but think like, okay, thank God, for example. And, and I'll just lay it all out. Like I, I have this little bends, right. And I'm happy, right. Like I love driving that car, but I was also happy with the civic before that. And then guess what, before that civic that I drove for about 10 years, I was happy on the bus with my mom. Uh, I, I think people have this, uh, this thing that it's like money's gonna bring happiness. Now, don't get me wrong. It, it's a little nicer to cry in the bends, but you're still going to cry. You're still going to go through emotions. Right. <laughs> so, so I think it's important for people to understand that it's like the whole money thing. Yes. It, it, but I always go back to, and it's uh, obviously your teachings, Doug's as well. And, and I'm a true believer that uh, faith should come first. Right. And then uh, working on yourself, your family and all that. And then the business, the money comes because you become a better person. So yep. I, I love I love all the every single area that uh, that you have just touched on. Uh, and with that, Doug, I, I couldn't help my, myself but think I'm going to ask Doug this question. What is happiness to you, Doug? What, what does happiness mean? What is happiness to Doug? Oh, that's a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that. Um, happiness to me is, I think number one for me, knowing that I have a God that loves me and he has a plan for me and he created, he literally created me for a specific reason before I was even born or thought about or conceived, he created me like, wow. Um, and because he created me, I have a life that I get to live and I've been blessed by it. Um, happiness to me is knowing that, um, that I have helped my wife live out her best life and that she loves me and that, um, we have a great relationship, not, not always easy. We've, I open up the book where we, I mean, we worst fight in our life where we were about to end it, 
but making it through that difficult time, um, our, our marriage is the best it's ever been. And uh, to me, happiness is seeing her live out her dreams. Happiness to me is having a great relationship with my kids and knowing that I have the opportunity to be on the front row of their story and watching them live that out and doing all I can as a parent in a healthy way, um, to help them live out how God has designed them and created them, what he's created them for. And then I look at all my friends like you and, and the people around me. Happiness is knowing that I've had a little piece um, of helping them live out why God created them. It goes back to God. So happiness to me, that, I mean, if that's, that's happiness and contentment, if I can leave this life, I was telling a buddy of mine uh, a couple of days ago, if I can leave my life, knowing that people walking away said, you know what, Doug, Doug touched my life in a way to help me be the best I could be for what I was created for. Hmm. You know, if I could, then that's, that's worth it. What else is there? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, to, to help, you know, we, the, the second chapter of my book is the foundation of my ultimate success for me is loving God and loving people. And, um, how I do that intentionally, um, that's happiness. Right. And the only way to identify that when I'm most discontent, Billy, with my life, when I'm most unhappy, now that you're making me really dig into this, <laughs> love it. <laughs> the, when I'm most unhappy is when I'm most selfish. There you go. Mm. Just be transparent with you. Mm. When I'm only thinking about me, when I'm only, you know, dis you know, disappointed with what I haven't gotten, um, when things haven't gone my way, that's wow. when I'm most unhappy or most discontent. Wow. When I'm the most happy is when I am pouring into somebody else's life. That's it. That's wow. it right there. I had a buddy literally two days ago, literally, this doesn't happen anymore in our, our society. It used to happen all the time. He literally in the middle of the day, rang the doorbell. He's like, Hey, I've been dealing with this. I've been thinking about this. I knew I was in your neighborhood. I just thought I'd stop by. Hmm. Can we talk? And we spent a couple hours and he just needed some friendship, some encouragement, some love and, uh, and some guidance. He asked for some specific guidance. That's happiness to me. Wow. Right. Pouring myself out is happiness. The moment that I, you know, the moment that you become selfish, you start creating all these, these negative thoughts in your head. You start creating things out of thin air that, that aren't true but they start weighing you down hmm. and that's discontentment, right? Unhappiness, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully that well, made sense. I know that that's I'm, I'm thinking as I go here. So yeah, no, no, that that's uh, definitely powerful, Doug. And uh, it, it also makes me want to ask you this question. Uh, how do you separate? Because the answer it's funny and everybody listening, uh, I hope you guys are taking notes that, again, it's the money makes life easier for sure, right? Like there's a lot of arguments, but it all comes from becoming a better person. So with that being said, Doug, uh, how do you, we'll call it gauge, uh, where it, one of the principles I know that you're strong about is kind of with the money thing, get it to a point where it is not a burden anymore, right? So if you could uh, give us a little advice on that, because I, I think 
there's a big difference between being conscious, conscious, right. And, and being happy and, and just listen to your answer. That was, I, I got chills. That, 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 that whole answer was powerful. And if you could give both worlds, like how, how do you kind of push the money burden out? And obviously guys mm. at, at this point, I mean, order your order the book, come on. Like at, at this point, like uh, we're giving order you your book too, man. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> uh, so if you could give us a little pointers on that, uh, on how you kind of uh, become money conscious, but at the same time, know that that's not everything. Oh, you know, I teach a, I teach a course. It's, I've been teaching people about money for, for decades because it was important to us. It became a burden for us um, because we had no control over it. Right. I think the moment that you have control, I always tell my, my students, um, tell your money what to do. Don't let it tell you what to do. No matter where you're at in your financial journey, when you know you have control of those decisions of that money, I believe that's where, you know, your contentment starts because you realize that, that you have a plan, right? And that plan helps you stop worrying about things. Um, the other thing is if there's other people in your life that are impacted, you have to understand how finances impact people. You know, I, it's funny that you're saying this cause I'm, I'm getting ready to shoot a video for, um, a teen group. Uh, for a young gal who's launching her second book, I believe at this point, nice. uh, next Monday. And so I'm going to do a, a video and she's like, she's like, Hey, would you just share with our teens? Cause I've worked with some of them and like just in a couple of minutes, just something you really want to share with them. And one of them, what I, what I'm going to share with them, I won't elaborate everything here, but um, if you can learn how to manage uh, these three things, then your life is going to be easier as far as worrying, struggling, having heartache along the way. And it's what people worry about. It's three things. It's your relationship with God, your relationship with those key people, especially your significant other one day, the people you surround yourself with, and it's your relationship with money. Hmm. If you can learn how to manage and work on those well, then you're going to alleviate almost nearly all of the stress in your life, not yeah. all of it, but a large chunk of your stress is going to come from your faith, your relationship with your significant other or others that you have and money. That's it. Hmm. Um, obviously there's a lot more to that. Yeah, um, no, that, so, that's powerful. That, you know, that is powerful. And, and so as, and, and part of that is you've got to live, you know, to eliminate the worry, I, you know, that's a good question. It's because each person's different, right? You know, I always work with people in their finances and every person's financial situation is different. Mine's different than yours. And yours is different than my son who's single right now in 25. Um, uh, and, and, and you're, you know, and anybody else. So our finances, you know, we're in different journeys along the way, but, I, you know, for, for instance, like with me, one of the things that we took into account is number one, I didn't, there weren't a lot of people teaching finances, you know, 25, 30 years ago, there were a couple, but, but not a lot to learn from at the time. So I just dug in and tried to find a system that worked for us to get our control of our finances. I, we relied upon God. Number one, um, our giving was important. Paying ourselves was, was the second step. And then, uh, learning how to live on what we were bringing in and then paying off debt. We had just had our son Dylan and we were in debt 
I remember him standing up in the crib. I've got a picture of it in my room. Um, that was the moment that slapped me in the face that said, if I don't get control of my finances, it's not just going to be me that's worrying about this and having a burden. It's going to impact my son. So either I take the step now to get our finances under control, or I allow it to destroy our lives, not just mine, not just Tammy's, but my son's and future generations. And that's what hit me between the eyes. And I'm like, all right, God, teach me. You got to, you got to guide me along the way. And, um, the other thing I had to to do too, is I had to sit down with Tammy, my wife and really say, all right, where do we want to be with our finances? Because finances to me is different than finances to Tammy, right? She just wants to know she's taken care of. So if we can have enough savings in our account to know that we don't have to worry about the next year or two or three years of our lives from a financial standpoint, she's great. She didn't worry about it all right? Part of happiness for me is taking care of those needs. You know, that's another part of happiness, right? Mm -hmm. So I know if we can develop a plan that helps meet her needs and helps meet my needs, then I can alleviate the worry. And so once you start seeing progress, what getting rid of debt, right? Debt is a chain. It's a ball and chain Mm -hmm. for for everybody. I think if you can get rid of debt and have a savings, if you're going to start with that, um, boy, a lot of weight's going to be lifted off your shoulders. Um, what I love about finances is if you can get control of your budget, if you can learn how to give well, save well, invest well, get rid of your debt, main debt, bad debt, debt that doesn't pay you back in any way, cars, (laughs) clothes, food, eating out, whatever drinks, good debt. I mean, you know, mortgages can be good debt. Business can be good debt. If you've got good people counseling you along the way, but if you can learn how to get rid of the bad debt, then money isn't a burden anymore. Money's a blessing. And we see money as this money is an opportunity to serve people. It's the same way, right? When you can learn, when you can go to the, we always, I'm going off on a rabbit trail here, but no, I love it. Keep it going. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things, and this is, I, we don't, I don't share this with a lot of people because it's not about gloating with your finances. Right. But we, I love when we go out to eat, it was a joke in our family for a long time. And the reason why it became a joke was this, when we go out to eat, we get to know our, the wait staff, right? The people that are serving us in that moment, they're serving us. They're taking time of their life, minutes in their life, and they're giving it to us. And so when we get to know them, we can get a sense of like, do they have a real need in their life? Is there something that they're, you know, from a financial, we just, we, I, I'd like to pry a little bit, but we had this one lady, we were eating at a restaurant. We had this one lady and she was, uh, um, probably in her early forties, had kids single. And I believe her daughter was just getting ready to go off to college. And she was just talking about, it, it was a little stressful, but she's working this job. I believe it was a second job. If I remember correctly. Um, just to earn extra money. And we were like, we all kind of, when she left, we all kind of started looking at each other, you know, cause they knew that, um, if we found somebody that really had a need or we felt that there was a connection, we'd give them a huge tip, like not just mm. five bucks, 10 bucks, but we would match the bill or exceed the bill. Right. Mm. And so, um, we, we did that one time our kids were pretty young. And it was all this exciting thing. So we were doing it as a family. We give this big tip. Of course, we, nobody else knew. We leave it and we leave. We leave. Mm. And we get like literally in our car. And this lady comes sprinting out of the restaurant. Sprinting. She comes, she's knocking on the door. Hey, 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 hey. 
are you sure you, did you mean to leave this? And we're like, yes, she, and she's at this point, she's starting to cry. She goes, you don't know the impact that that's has for our family. I needed this. Okay. So our joke was every time we did that as a family, we knew we kind of look at each other. We'd write the, and we'd get out of there as fast as we can. And we joke, hurry, hurry. She's coming. She's coming. (laughs) It was was our joke. Um, That's happiness to me. Right. But here's the cool thing. If you can get your finances under control, you can be a blessing to other people with that. Mm. Not just to you, but to you. And you, you, not only do you have the, the weight of burden of finances and debt off your shoulders, now all of a sudden you can help take, you can help take the burden off of some other people's shoulders. Mm-hmm. She's wow. coming. She com- she's coming. Just as, as, I mean, it's funny. We laugh about it, but that's, that's the picture of being able to serve people in a moment when they might need it because we were able to do that because 30 years ago, 25 years ago, we made a decision to not let money control us, Mm. but for us to control our finances. And if we can learn that, I'm telling you, if we can learn that and it's uh, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. Money doesn't, money doesn't bring happiness man, it sure doesn't hurt. <laughs> and it sure is fun. <laughs> it's not fun when it controls you. It mm. is a blast when you control it. Wow. It's fun. That is, that is powerful right there. Uh, it, you know, it's crazy, Doug. I'll say here, and this podcast is about saying the truth and there's no censoring or none of that. Uh, you know, I, the, the coolest, most uh, giving, most nicest people that I've met are people that have money. And mm-hmm. it's a way to gauge that, I, you know, at the end of the day, the, 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 on the other end of that is it, I've met a lot of people that are under stress. And because of that stress, they kind of alleviate it onto others, right? They, they pass that stress along. And, uh, and whether, it, again, it, it, with the whole time that you've been listening to the podcast if you learn one thing is if you have the important things lined up in life the money yes. comes so it's this whole cycle Doug so maybe we should we need to come up with a diagram or something because I feel like it we just made up this whole cycle of it uh so I love it that was powerful and Doug we we're kind of towards the end uh I, I could talk to you for hours Doug uh, <laughs> I know we said it would be easy so here we go I said seriously. on the radio show we needed another you know two or three hours yeah, yeah seriously so. part part Two and three coming soon, guys. We'll we'll <laughs> we'll definitely make it happen. Um, and uh, I want to ask you this question because I know you your uh, personal development is important to you, Doug. Uh, what is one book that comes to your mind right away that has changed your life? Oh my goodness. Um. Uh oh, those of you not watching, shame on you. He's grabbing a book out of the shelf. I would speak. Mmm. Wow. Besides the Bible, the Bible is my my guide. All right. Hands down. I'm going through it right now. Chronological Bible. I'm reading through it, you know, all the way through that's number one. All right. That's what guides me. But the second most powerful book that has hit me, that's directed my life is called the strangest secret. Mm. Okay. By Earl Nightingale. It's little, look at this. It's like, I don't know. It's what it's 28 pages long. Mm -hmm. it's not a big book. All right. 
but he talks about the strangest secret and I'll just tell, I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll blow it for you. All right. Mm-hmm. If you, you need to get it and it's, but the crazy. I, I listened to an insert this morning. It's so crazy. This, <laughs> Yeah. The strangest oh, secret. Yep. <laughs> it's awesome. And I've listened to it a gazillion times and here's the, here's what Earl says. And by the way, I love, I love personal development from people long ago that didn't like where making a profit wasn't their, their priority. But Earl says this, the strangest secret is you become what you think about. Mm. You become what you think about. He talks about people that are successful financially and aren't most of them aren't. There's a few that are. And the reason why is become, you become what you think about. So what you put in your head and what you read and who you surround yourself with, what you think about is what you will become. Mm. It's what you'll do. It's what will happen in your life. Wow. You need to dream, right? You need to say, you need to start surrounding yourself with the right people. You need to start reading the right books. You need to start um, thinking the right thoughts. And when negative thoughts come in your head, listen close to this one. I struggle with it all the time still, but when negative thoughts come in, you have to put up a red flag and say, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not who I am. That's not what I plan to be. That's not where I want to go. I stop it in here. Stop Mm -hmm. it in here. Right. And put your path on thinking about what you want to become Mm. strangest secret. There you go. Wow. That's book of the week, guys. That, that is (laughs) wow. You came with the fire. Like it's nonstop, Doug. Stop. (laughs) It's a, I had to go get it, man. I was like, you know, and and Doug, I'll make a point. I I usually try to ask, uh, what's your favorite book at the beginning of the show, but it's been so deep that I'm like, can I please get this in there? We've, we've dropped fire. So uh, another question that I have for you, Doug, uh, to start wrapping things up. Um, if you were to look at your younger self and give yourself some advice, what would be that advice you would give yourself? Oh, that's a great question. Billy, that's a good question. Um, number one, follow God. Follow God's plan for your life. Seek it out. Seek it out. Seek it out. Um, be gentle on yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Be patient. And kind of what we talked about earlier, learn to learn to enjoy the journey. I've spent a lot of time, way too much time, not enjoying the journey, which has held me back from really blessing other people like I really could. Mm. Um, and, um, and just love people, keep loving people, learn how to love people that you like and that you don't like. (laughs) If you can learn to love the people you don't like, if you can get to that point in your life, when you truly love people that you don't like, you've crossed, you've crossed a, a divide that will carry you on. That's been a huge blessing in my life. I, I can say that I, I can find ways to love people I don't like. Wow. And that took a long time to learn how to do. It's not easy and it's not fun, but everybody has value. If God created them like he created me, then, and he can forgive me, then I need to learn not only to forgive, but to love. Mm. And if I can remember that as I'm living my life throughout my life and be patient with myself and, and, um, then I, then, then that, that's success, right? Um, success is being able to know that you've uh, truly lived out the life you've been given and we haven't left it in the graveyard. Mm. So, wow. 
powerful. That is powerful, Doug. Uh, and the next question that I have for you is if there was a three-step formula to success, and if you do these three things, you're not going to fail. You're going to have everything you ever wanted. What are the three steps? No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Only because we know really each other really well. I'm getting these hard ones. Man, three steps. Well, I got five in my book. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Step number one, seek God's guidance. Spend time alone. Seek God's guidance. All right. Number one for success. Number two, after you seek God's guidance, learn how to act on the prompting. So no matter what it is, right? Right now, I'm in the middle of a, right now, me, my wife, Tammy, and two of our friends are right in the middle of a 12-day fast for something that we are considering pursuing together. We're asking for God to guide us. Sunday, we're going to meet probably for about six hours, have dinner together, celebrate together, and just see what God has prompted us to do in the area that we're looking to pursue together. Mm. Here's the thing. If God calls us to something, it's going to be uncomfortable, which I already know he's going to do. The question is, are we going to act on it or not? Right? Um, so that'd be number two. Um, act on the prompting. In, my, in, in other words, in the area of my book, it'd be act on the priority. Do something about it. Um, number three. It's, I, think, I, I think what I'll do for number three is the last principle in my book. It's, it's understanding the remarkable power of having a success partner. Mm. Seek God's guidance. Act on, a pro, on his prompting or what you're called to do in your life, no matter how big or small it is. I don't care. People say, well, I'm just trying to decide what bank to choose for my, for my saving. I don't if that's important to you, seek guidance. Um, but then understand the remarkable power of a, a success partner, probably the most powerful principles in my book. Surround yourself with people that are going to help you pursue what you're called to do. Mm. Okay. Um, people that know you, people that understand where you want to go, people that will cheer you on along the way, people that will pick you up when you fall or you stop or you get discouraged, people that will celebrate with you when you succeed. You got to understand, you got, and I, in my book, I dissect this, like, who do you choose and what do you do and how do you find this out? You got to be careful about who your success partner is. You got to, a lot of times your best friend is not your best success partner because they're going to tell you whatever you want to hear. That's not what you want in a success partner. You want somebody who's going to, who's going to challenge you, who's going to push you, that's going to guide you, who's going to um, cry with you, who's going to, the guy I'm going to celebrate, the video I'm going to make here in a little bit. Um, he was, a, he's a success partner. He's somebody that's, we've laughed together. We've cried together. We've challenged each other. We've pushed each other. Um, he's been in my face about things like, um, I've been in his face about things, but at the end of the day, we're, we're only because we know we want to be the best version of us possible and we're looking out for each other. So it's, it's having, it's surrounding yourself with those people that will help you live the life that God's called you to live mm. too many people 
in their lives, and I've done this before, allow people in their lives who are only in it for themselves. They're not there to help you live out the life that you've been called to live. They're only in it to get some kind of benefit for themselves. Mm. And you need to learn how to identify that, challenge that. And if you, if you evaluate that that's not the best relationship for you, you need to learn how to, to distance yourself in a way where you can leave it well, but allow somebody else in that area of your life for that time. You got to be careful, but you can't be afraid either. You got to be careful about who you let in your life, but you can't be afraid to let somebody in your life to push you. And um, for a lot of people, it's maybe it's hiring somebody, a coach that you know you can trust, or maybe it's just, maybe it's somebody I've had several success partners in my life in different seasons of my life for different reasons and different purposes. That's okay. Some are for a season, some are for a lifetime. Mm. And you got to understand that and be okay with that and set parameters for your time and set parameters for your conversation. I guide you all in that, in my book, I go through that whole process because I, I wouldn't be where I am today without key people in my life who have been my success partners. So there you go. I would say seek God guidance, act on his prompting and surround yourself with people who will help you get it done. Wow. You know what? You just gave a game away, Doug. Wow. (laughs) Love it. Uh, and, and I couldn't help but think of uh, that quote that we shared on your radio show where, you know, and it's so important to surround yourself because a toxic person, uh, it's easier for them to change you than you change a toxic person. And, and it's very powerful when you start thinking because uh, energies are real, guys. And, and uh, obviously, if you if you are next to somebody who is toxic or just you know, not willing to make a change for the better. Uh, I think that, uh, it does, it does affect you big time. And, uh, it it also, your positivity affects them as well. So they might find a better balance than you because you're kind of getting that poison. Right. So, uh, I I think, uh, that, that right there, Doug, wow. Uh, I'm going to have to listen to it a few times after (laughs) I I had to write notes too. I'm like going, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> love it love it you're digging, um, and, you're digging deep into my soul man so. <laughs> and uh obviously i wrote the power of being uncomfortable doug what is one way that comes to your mind that you've gotten <laughs> uncomfortable and you succeeded <laughs> so many times <laughs> this this podcast <laughs> <laughs> love it i don't i don't know if i've succeeded but <laughs> oh but, my god you more than did <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I going back to that, I, the one that sticks out probably the most, um, there was, okay, there's two. Can I give two? I don't know how much yes, time please, we got. Please. This is going to be a five port series. <laughs> so I'm going to give no, two please. if I can remember them. All right. Number one was that time that I had with that, with Luke, you know, the Chinese waiter that mm. I talked about earlier, when we were trying to make a decision, do we leave full-time ministry and pursue a business? This is a brand new business wasn't proven technically. So I was kind of breaking my own rules, but we were seeing great success with it. 
and I couldn't do both. I was getting to a point where I was evaluated by the shepherds of my church. And we were in agreement that I couldn't continue to pursue one over the other. It was just like too much time was happening with the new business. So I had to make a decision and taking that step to say, listen, I'm going to pursue something that I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that I've prepared. Well, I have sought counsel from people. I have put together a proven plan. I, I, I teamed up with a couple that had proven to be successful in this business before. So I knew we had a good plan. So we took that step of retiring from full-time ministry and stepping into full-time business. I'd already tried business before early on when I was early twenties and I'd failed at it. So I was kind of, I was really scared. I didn't want to screw that up. Um, so that was, a, that was uncomfortable for me. I was huge. I mean, there was a bunch of them, man. Um, second one is, uh, Tammy and I were at the end of our ropes with our relationship. Uh, I was a pastor at the time for about 13 years. Um, I got prompted by one of my best friends and Tammy, like we need counseling. And I'm like, no, we don't need counseling. Cause I counsel people in this. We can figure it out. <laughs> Dumb and arrogant, right? Uh, stupid, stupid young man. Um, <laughs> and I also know the other Christian counselors in town and I don't want them to know my crap. Mm. but we sought out counseling, found somebody that we could trust. And I put my tail between my legs. And, um, for the first time in my life with my relationship with Tammy, I think I really acted like a man owned up to my responsibility for the failures that I had brought to the table and committed to working on them. That was mm. uncomfortable. Um, wow. the final one I'll say is this, anytime we've had to make a, a big decision, um, we pray about it. Um, almost every time we've made a major decision in our life, it's something that we know we need to pursue, but necessarily our heart doesn't always want to do it. Our, our human nature doesn't want to do it, but we know we need to do it. God's calling us to that. It's uncomfortable because it's the unknown. And we, when we've made those steps, um, not blindly, we don't make the steps blindly when we've made them, um, you know, God's always blessed those moments. So yeah, it's uncomfortable living life. Like this is uncomfortable living a life where you're trying to pursue your hopes and dreams is always uncomfortable. Always. You're always going to question it. Mm. Wow. Love um, it. Love it, Doug. So major, major. And, uh, the last question is if you were to write a book, which you did, uh, one shot, one life again, shame on you. If you haven't ordered it yet, uh, and actually pause right now and go do that. Uh, I know you have a few things in the works. Uh, what is, if you could share with us, what is something that you got coming here soon? Uh, it with maybe a second book to follow this great masterpiece here or what, what do you got going on? Oh boy. Uh, we've, we are, we've been really blessed with one shot. So what I do with one shot is I lead um, mastermind groups. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I do seminars, uh, with the book. And then, um, I was fortunate a year ago to sign a radio contract for my radio program where we bring in experts, proven experts in the areas of money, people, faith, work, health, hopes, and dreams. And, um, we highlight those and allow them to lay down truth bombs everywhere for our listeners. So, um, that's a local radio show. We're in the process, a slow process of, um, syndicating that or wanting to syndicate that show. So we're working on that. So that's really exciting. 
Um, I have always been passionate about finances and helping people with finances for decades. I've been doing that because I know it's changed our life. It's we've helped change other people's lives. So I've got a whole new system. Uh, we tested it all over. Well, I've been doing this for a long time, but we tested it in an official realm uh, about two years ago. It's called you versus money. So I'm going to continue to build and develop that program. That will be my second book. Um, when I write my next book, uh, most likely. Uh, so we have that going on. And, um, I mean, there's a lot of other things too, but those are the two big things we're looking, you know, we'd love to be able to do a conference one day. I don't know if that's going to come about. We're, we're just kind of throwing around that idea, um, of working with people from across the country, which we've done before. So, um, yeah, so we've got those few things and, and, uh, a lot more dreams. My, my we've talked about this. God's put on my heart years ago, decades ago, reaching billions for him. Mm and earning billions to impact the kingdom, not millions. I don't know why billions came to me. This is decades ago before billions was really a thing. You know, we hear about trillions now and now it's like every day people don't realize trillions is a thousand billions, right. Or something like that. Like it's <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid money. Um, I know you, you know, you want to reach billions. Why can't we do that? Um, mm -hmm. how does that happen? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's not up Bottom line, it's not up to me. That's where my that's where my assurance comes in. It's my faith that God is going to provide. God knows. Yes, yep. God knows. And so yep. I just have to take the step. I have to take the daily step to follow what his what his plan is. And I don't know what that is. You know, all the time. Sometimes I do, but yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I don't. And you have to take that time for the gain to step back and evaluate where you've come from to understand how God's worked. So mm. love it, love it, Doug. And. Uh, where can people find you, Doug? Uh, uh, if you could give us your social media, your website, et cetera. Sure. So uh, website, oneshotonelife.com is where you're going to find me. And social media, if you search Doug Fitzgerald or One Shot One Life, probably go to Doug Fitzgerald. That's where my main pages are. We do have a One Shot One Life account. We've never really pursued that much. But, um, uh, but just search Doug Fitzgerald on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, and uh, you'll be able to find all that we're doing there. And one and shot your one podcast. Yeah. I was going to say your podcast too, should be on the yep. website too. Right. So yes. Podcasts on the website. If you go to any podcast platform, just search one shot, all one word, one life, all one word, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll be able to pick it up, subscribe to it. I'd really appreciate that. If you give us a rating or something too, we'd appreciate that too. It's just, uh, I, I it's hard to, you, you know, this, I, I, it's hard to self promote yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but you need to, you know, to get the word out. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we'd really yeah. love that. Yeah. And it's crucial, guys, uh, listening or watching this, uh, you have to type it all together because yeah. uh, I've had the the issues where I'll separate it and it doesn't come up. So I know. very important. Uh, so I know that was the, you, that, but you do well at, on your social media too to finding it. So, yeah, it's the that's the uniqueness of our name. We did one shot, all one word, one life, all one word. It's so funny. Like, even if you search like <laughs> barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, it, now it will populate because it's been out mm -hmm. long enough. But yeah, like the podcast, you know, once we get it more, I, maybe it'll search. But yeah, one shot, all one word. You do that, yeah, and no, I think and, probably and, find it. And I think you just go to the social medias or website and boom, yep. you're there. So, but I just wanted to point that out because uh, I, I did uh, <laughs> search, uh, a few, you know, one of the times and yeah. So, uh, but thank you, Doug. This has been amazing. Uh, you never fail me and I'm ready for episode two, episode three, four, and, and just uh, <laughs> anything you need, uh don't hesitate. You got my number, my email, everything. Uh, I would love to be part of every single endeavor that uh, that's coming your way. And 
And uh, God is going to keep blessing you. Uh, and again, I'm just giving you flowers, Doug. I just want to honor you. You're such a great mentor mm -hmm. to myself, my family, uh, my wife, kids. Uh, so everybody listening, please go dig into his content and just get into it because it's life changing. So thank you, Doug. Uh, make sure you guys follow Doug on social media, his website, and go to BillyTheKid.com. That is where you're going to find this podcast, the Million Dollar Hustle podcast on all the streaming services. And actually, yeah, leave us some comments, some rating questions. We good as if I joined the Illuminati. And some don't like that. They hate that they see you smile. As if I haven't been hustling, it's been a while. Gotta put in the work if you want to shine. I won't get all in. I'm coming for what's mine.